You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. My co-host Rob Hicks joins me today as we discuss platforms that decide or drive consumer decisions. Really, there's so much to talk about on this topic today and every day, really. But the more we see different platforms coming out, the more questions brands have as to how they can actually use these platforms to influence their consumers or their audience to purchase. Rob, how you doing today, bud? What's up, V? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. How you been? I've been doing good. Been doing a lot of uh, thinking and uh, talking with business. I mean, I spent a lot of time, uh, but I had fun over the Christmas break in terms of good. getting out in the field, talking to local businesses, uh, talking to tons of young people about their consuming buying habits, which I think, you know, kind of brought us to this show, right? In terms of its topic of the day. It's, it's a show that really needs to happen, right? These are conversations that need to happen. Uh, brands, you know, come, especially coming off the holiday season where get that frenzy, that holiday rush. How do you change it up for the new year? You know, now we're in January. There's the January, February, March kind of lull going on. And how do brands invest in something that's going to work? Um, and I think that's what we strive to to, uh, to, to ensure or, or we strive to to answer here at Brand Matters. I want to welcome, uh, let's see, Brian Fanzos watching. Hey, Brian. Brian Fanzos, Sam Gonzalez are watching. Sam. <laughs> he actually tried to call me right before the, uh, the broadcast. I'm like, because uh, he's in the process of moving his uh, house. Sorry, in the middle of something. Uh, <laughs> Terry Johnson also uh, joining us. Uh, please share with your audiences, um, especially, especially, especially uh, if you are interested or you have friends, people in your network that run brands, run a business that are trying to figure out how to make sense of uh, live video, social media platforms, and really what is going on behind the scenes. Today, again, I want to bring up that we're talking about platforms that drive consumer decisions. Let's um, let's start a little bit with, let's define the players in the space. Let's talk a little bit about these platforms. Uh, first and foremost is, is Facebook, where many of you are watching. Maybe not first and foremost, but uh, we'll, we'll mention Facebook, where many are watching. There's also YouTube, which is a favorite of uh, us here at Aftermark and Enlightened Audiovisual. Oh, yeah. YouTube, there's YouTube Live, but there's YouTube the way we know it. Uh, there's Twitter. We have Instagram. We have Snapchat. We have Twitch. But we'll stick with kind of like the four major players for the sake of the conversation. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Rob, what uh, from the production standpoint, who offers the highest quality of video, period, right, right now? So, you know, we haven't really paid attention, or you and I haven't really focused on this over the last six months or so, but I kind of had an epiphany. I'll show you guys uh, some kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, content that Vincenzo and I were playing with last night. So last night, just kind of goofing around, we were playing with 1080p streaming. And, you know, we've, over the last six months, we've been driving all of our content at 720p30, mainly because that's the limitation of Facebook and Twitter. And we really, at that early on, had kind of forgot about the amazing utility of YouTube with respect to being able to do 1080p and now 4K live. Um, so this picture that you see here was a uh, uh, was a, was a shot that I did live at, at in 1080p 60 60 frames. Um, and when I saw it on the television screen, I'm like, oh my god, this is infinitely clearer than the the replays that I do on Facebook and Twitter. So, you know, it's, it's not really a, a, a debate of which one's better. I mean, certainly from a quality perspective, the only choice, as I'm aware, that you have in Facebook is 720p30. Same thing with Twitter. And I'm sure that that's going to change. Uh, but for now, you know, YouTube does have the 1080p uh, capability and it is crystal clear on a big screen television. So why does this matter? Well, you know, it depends on how people are consuming their content and how they're consuming their content to make a buy decision. And, you know, so one of the things you and I were talking about 
<laughs> in terms of both things that you and I bought over the Christmas holiday was cameras, right? Yep. And so you and I were talking uh, earlier this morning about, well, what led us to buy? Yeah. yeah. So here's your toy and uh, here's my new big gun. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and for you guys watching on Facebook and Twitter, uh, this is also available to view in 1080p 60 on YouTube right now. Um, so the point is... <clears throat> How did we come to these buy decisions? Was it because we bumped into a Twitter video? Was it because we bumped into a YouTube video? Or was it because we bumped into a YouTube video? And I think the point is, is that we didn't bump into any of them. We actively went and searched yeah. for reviews and multiple reviews, right? So the keyword is search. It, you know, you and I decided at some point independently that we wanted to buy an object. So the first instinct that we had was to go to search and people don't associate Facebook or Twitter necessarily with search. In my opinion, you know, Facebook, and it's, it's kind of funny because when I talk to my kids and I've got kids from 13 years old all the way to 16, not that that's necessarily a huge range, <laughs> but, but the point is, is that, you know, in their minds and among their friends that I talked to over the Christmas break, Facebook is, 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 is their big inside joke is, is that Facebook is, if you want to know what was trending three months ago, watch Facebook today, which I thought was just an odd mm. comment that, that was, was resounded by many of the people that, that I spoke with over the weekend. So what do you think? No, I, I think that's a fantastic point. I mean, the fact that your son who's 16 years old made that comment, uh, 16, right? Your son's 16 or mm -hmm. your daughter 16. Jordan 16. Son 16, right. So the fact that he made that comment is like, it kind of blows me away because of the way they are looking at it. And we hear a lot about, first of all, I want to welcome uh, Patricia Summer to the show, Nazim, April Roga, Terry Johnson, Brian Fanzo, and Sam Gonzalez are still watching as well. A happy new year to you in Italy, Nazim. Uh, and the rest of you as well. Thank you for uh, tuning into the show. Please share wherever you're watching. If you're on YouTube, if you are on Facebook, please, uh, please share this out. You know, I think that hearing that from a 16 year old, when we are in the, in the marketing world right now, we're hearing a lot about well, millennials and the generation after the millennials, they're so important. They're the ones we need to reach. They're the ones we need to tap into. And when they are saying something like Facebook is a place to kind of for old people to go and play and for, um, you know, you want to see what was trending a month ago, go on there. That's a huge indicator to me. Right. And I, like you, I did a lot of um, watching video watching on YouTube over uh, the, the break more so than I than I have in the past. I think uh, being engaged to a YouTuber has has spurned that. But I also started really paying attention to what was shared with me from those that are not in marketing at all. How are people sharing when they want to purchase things, right? When, when someone wants to buy something, what links are they sending me to show me something, right? And time and time again, I get links to two places, either Instagram for a photo if they're looking to buy things like shoes or an outfit or a Star Wars mug. But time and time again, YouTube links, if I go through my text messages right now through my buddy who is the least tech savvy individual in the world, he's a watchmaker. He sends me YouTube videos for everything from uh, cars to um, TVs, TV reviews, tech reviews, um, not tech reviews, but like gear reviews of random stuff, um, cooking shows, cooking thing, you know, recipes. I'm like, I'm so blown away as to how overwhelmingly powerful YouTube is. And it almost does so silently, right? Because we don't talk about it as much, or I feel like it's maybe not being talked about as much. And so, um, 
it is just really, really, really interesting to me. So I'm on, I'm on par with you, buddy, right now. YouTube has a lot of power when it comes to consumer buying decisions. And I know we want to talk about it a little more and you've showed a little bit already of how you're consuming it on your television. You know, there's a YouTube button on, uh, Amy and I bought a, a new Sony uh, TV over uh, the holidays because TVs are dirt cheap now, right? We've got a brand new 4K Sony television and it has all the apps built in. And what's the first thing that's there? YouTube and Netflix. That's, they have dedicated buttons for YouTube and Netflix. And you're showing, you know, smart TV, a Samsung television with a smart hub there. They've got Facebook, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, um, Skype, and whatnot. And they go, to, there's other things there. You got ESPN Sports Center, USA Today. But I don't know how many people are using Facebook on their television. I've never seen anyone pull up Facebook on their TV. Now, the other day I did watch uh, Brian Fanzo, who may or may not still be watching. I watched Brian Fanzo uh, do a live podcast and I watched it after the fact on the TV, but it was nowhere near the quality. This is no knock on you, Brian, but it was nowhere near the quality of YouTube streams. And Amy and I were are regularly streaming 4k shows, 4k. We had a 4k Yule log going, you know, while we were uh, during the holidays, we had a 4k Yule log on the TV and stuff. So, oh, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Uh, if you're not paying attention to it, I, I think it can just, it just, it's subconsciously like that place you go to watch videos, right? It becomes this, it's almost second nature. I mean, it is the second largest search engine in the world behind its mommy, Google. Uh, welcome to the show, KP Kelly, Chris Velarde. Um, you guys are awesome. Miss Finch is in the show as well. Happy New Year. Thanks for watching us. I'd love to hear what the audience has to say. Uh, and I want to pose this question to you all. What are you currently, or even in the past, if you paid attention to these things, what has influenced your buying decisions? Was it a post on Facebook? Was it an Instagram video or an Instagram post? Was it a Snapchat? Was it a YouTube video? Uh, where did you do your searching? Where did you search for what you wanted to purchase? Was it on YouTube, Google, um, Facebook? I, I don't think people are using Facebook in that way, but I'd love to hear. And specific, I'd love specific answers of things that you've purchased based on online searches and where you did those searches. Uh, so Rob, let's do a little exercise right now. I'm kind of springing this one on you because it just came to my head. Let's do the last uh, three things that we purchased, you and I and where we, where we search for them. Sound okay. good? All right, go. You first. <laughs> so they're all YouTube. I mean, uh, it's interesting because when, when I ask myself the question of what have I ever purchased as a result of watching anything other than YouTube, there isn't anything. I mean, I purchase things because of Google search where I've gone to websites and done, you know, and, and watched their videos or gone through their statistics and things like that. Uh, and, and YouTube, I mean, it, so it, it's almost, and, and you know, I, I don't want this to be a show about beating up Facebook cause that's not the intent. You know, I mean, you and I both are trying to figure out on behalf of brands where to spend your, your effort and your energy. I mean, and we're already, you know, proving the ability to push to all three is technically possible. And we do that all the time. But in terms of, you know, focusing your efforts, if you're a brand on where do you mine for customers, where do you deliver content where they're going to be looking? I, I think an example might be is, is that I see if in terms of like an analogy, I would say that Facebook and Twitter are almost like a yard sale sign. It's temporary. It's many times spontaneous. You know, in other words, like when people do yard sales, mostly speaking, they don't tell people way in advance. They'll they'll they'll, they'll go up, they'll get up early Saturday morning with that cardboard sign and they'll start you know hitting the neighborhoods and posting it. And then so thus their potential audience are only those people that happen to wake up that Saturday morning and drive by the sign. So they miss all of their geographic area, right? Yep. So to finish the analogy, I would say that if Facebook and Twitter were like yard signs, then YouTube would be more like a billboard, right? It's published for a long time. 
Um, it's bigger. In, in, uh, you know, I guess, <laughs> I don't know if this is kind of a stretch on the uh, analogy, but, you know, the billboard is bigger, brighter, clearer. Um, so, it, yeah. I, but again, I mean, th- for sure there's value in doing Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that because that's generally where we get the most live interaction uh, because it's spontaneous. Um, but, you know, for search, if you're looking for something, you can't beat number one and number two. Yeah. I um so I'll I'll be completely completely honest. My last three purchases, we uh, we just bought a Sony RX one hundred uh, five Mark V, whatever they call it, uh, for vlogging. Uh, you know, in addition to our DSLRs, we wanted a faster focusing 4K point and shoot for vlogging for this uh, video series Amy and I are doing. And I saw it. Uh, Roberto Blake had purchased one. Roberto Blake is a YouTuber, good friend of the show. Uh, and then I, I then went and watched other YouTubers that were using the same camera. And I showed you some footage, Rob, and I was blown away. And I said, this is, this is amazing. I, you know, we went on the spot. We went, we worked out right after we ordered it, had it go to Best Buy and we went to go pick it up. So right. it was a combination of, um, and, but it wasn't Facebook. I don't know where I saw Roberto have it, but I know Roberto's a YouTuber and I went and looked up, you know, supporting examples on YouTube. We bought the television, the Sony XBR, whatever, 4K TV. That was all based on um, actually a YouTube, some YouTube reviews. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And uh, what was the last thing I bought? Um, it was probably... Well, you, so you got the drone as a Christmas present, right? Oh, well, yeah. The drone was a Christmas present, but I watched a ton of YouTube videos on the Phantom 4 Pro. So... Um, and I actually, tell Amy that that's exactly what you wanted. I actually showed Amy, I remember showing Amy some videos of the Phantom 4 footage and I was like, oh my God, I want this one day. Like, right. we're going to buy it at some point. And I got it. I'm going to want this one day, like Christmas, <laughs> this Christmas. Yeah. Uh, crazy. So let's go, let's turn to the, um, let's turn to the comments. Let's take a look here. Uh, all right. Let's see. April says she mostly uses YouTube for DIY and product review, especially tech related topics. Uh, Brian Fanzo said he saw my tweet of his podcast on a smart TV. Roberto Blake asked if I, if I, if he influenced my buying decision on the camera. Totally. Nice. Patricia uses laptop and mobile 100%. She has not turned on a TV in ages. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'd love to see an age demographic breakdown on this stuff as well. Um, at some point, we should conduct some research, Rob. Stephanie says, Pinterest, Google, and Amazon. So my question to you, hmm. Stephanie, is Google's great, right? But are you just in Google or do you search, you know, does, do you watch videos from YouTube at all? Because we know that when you type in Google, the YouTube results pop up. Brian Fanzo says he's researching his next camera at on my website. Thank you. Nice. Uh, Amazon for reviews and as an Amazon prime member, also Amazon fresh for home delivered goods. Interesting. So Amazon's become a force. And now we know Amazon also does have prime and video and you, we as creators can upload to that. It's a little bit more of a hassle though, because they want it to be very professional. They want captions. Anybody watching on prime that flips on their TV or they're wherever they're watching, it needs to look like a legit production, right? They want it to be a legit offering. Uh, well, so let, so let me show, so let me show the, the the viewers this. So this yeah, is something ahead. that I, I kind of did tongue in cheek yesterday uh, on the last Brand Matters that show that we did, <laughs> and you know it, it's number number one. You know we certainly are are doing what we're advocating uh, with uh, you know in our shop in Gaithersburg. I mean we roll our content. We basically take all the shows that we've done, compile them into a playlist, and run them twenty four seven. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting about this particular photo was, you know, that while we're not necessarily trying to compete with t- t- television because that's a, a battle we just can't win, right? I mean, because they've got infinite supplies of cash to be able to throw at multi-million dollar studios. But the point is, is that it's close enough where, you know, it, as you can as you can see here, that if you're a brand, you know, why if all things being equal, if you're a big, let's say enterprise brand, you're probably are spending upwards of 15 or $20,000 maybe per month on cable bills across your, your enterprise. 
if you're using it for digital signage. I mean, and when I say that kind of monthly recurring bill, I'm talking about multiple facilities with multiple offices in multiple countries. <clears throat> but you know, it's just as easy nowadays to create your own content. And now you're controlling what your customers see in your space, whether it's a retail space or an office space like ours. Why wouldn't you make your own? I mean, you know, there was a day in time, and I think we said this in the last episode, where, you know, most people thought that CNN was just a crazy concept. Like, who's going to watch 24-hour news? And obviously, Ted proved him wrong, right? I mean, now there's easily five or six 24-hour news cycles uh, that play. Now, you know, it's another it's another argument as to whether people are actually watching them anymore, but... No, for Ted sure. Proved, you know, yeah, Ted Turner proved that that you know he had the idea of twenty four hour news, and he was right. Yeah, we we're definitely in an in an age now where I think anybody can create, and we're, we listen. We learned that through this election cycle. I think more than anything mm-hmm. of how much people tr- are trusting or not trusting, or not the, right. You know, the stable news networks, the ABCs, the Fox, the CNN, like people are very um, wary of what am I watching? You know, I would rather talk to, because listen, let's face it, all the chatter, like chatting about what, um, you know, whoever, presidential election or, or, or anything that's happening, whether it's politics or your TV show, you know, talking about it, no one's really responding to you, right? No one is going to come back and give you any interaction. So how do people want to watch it? They would rather watch people they can talk to. They're going to respond because that's kind of the, that's the interaction they're having anyway. So why right. not be able to throw it up on their television um, and watch it? Or why not be able to, to watch it in higher quality, higher production. But again, we're talking about platforms that are driving the, um, you know, consumer decisions. What's really making people change their buying habits? Uh, and, and this is a discussion that has come up in some circles lately. Uh, I do want to welcome Jenny Quinn to the show. Um, Stephanie, Brian Fenzel is still on the show as well. Ursula Ringham hey, is Ursula. here Happy New Year. as well. Ursula, our friend over at SAP. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you. If I missed anybody, welcome to the show. I'm trying to read the comments here. Please feel free to interact and engage on this. Love to hear what it is that drives your buying habits. Uh, Brian Fanzo says, watching on YouTube and clicking from YouTube should be thought of as two different aspects, right? Instagram ads, if I like it, I click and purchase from there, but never gone to YouTube show notes to make a purchase. That's interesting that you say that. So I think we're talking about influence. Not that I think the the basis of this particular show or this conversation is what is influencing the buying habit, not necessarily the ease of clicking through, right? Because not everything is necessarily set up for, oh, I click on it and I can buy it, right? Just because I clicked on an Instagram ad doesn't necessarily mean it influenced me to buy it. I know that sounds odd, but it doesn't mean that I didn't find it elsewhere. Um, and I think with everything being so tied in, and Brian, you know this more than than most, but you know, data has a big part in this, and algorithms that are reading all of our searches everywhere. You know, if I searched for something on YouTube or Google, and then three days later or three seconds later, it pops up on my Instagram feed or my Facebook feed, was it Facebook that influenced you, or was it the YouTube video that you watched for that? And I think there's a big question, uh, or there is a distinction for sure. Um, but whether you're reading it in the show notes or whether you're just watching the YouTube video, you are still on YouTube. And that's really all that matters, I think. Um, so the conversation that Rob and I, Rob, the one that you and I were having this morning about influencers and, and these platforms and how are they really working for consumers. And, and you and I had the conversation of, you know, does a a video or an influencer that, uh, and now again, this is from the brand perspective. So as a brand, when they're looking to, here we are in January, they're budgeting, right? Now is budget time of the year. It's probably already passed or they're already approving the budgets at this point, depending on when their fiscal year is. But they're saying, okay, we want to hire this 
agency, uh, this influencer, this production team, whatever it is to do things on this platform, that platform, that platform, right? Is that like, is that fair statement of how it works? Right. We'll say like, let's just break it down. That's pretty, that's pretty, get up on screen with me there. I don't want to be the only one on screen. Let's get both on screen. Well, <laughs> so hey, I'll make myself Rob. full screen. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know that, that we've been approached by brands asking which platform. I certainly, over the Christmas break, went to a lot of more small businesses because certainly, you know, the first thing that that we had tried to kind of angle for early in the summer and going into the fall were the big brands, right? I mean, because everybody wants the big brands because that's where the, uh, I guess, the bigger the budgets are. But, you know, I live in Ellicott City, Maryland, and for those of you that don't know, Ellicott City, the historic district, got uh, slammed with a massive, they called it a 100-year flood um, in the early part of July. And it literally just destroyed most of Main Street, um, so much so that the the bottom of the hill, uh, that some of the stores had up to 12 feet of water that were in them. So in any event, it, it, it took about two months before they even opened the town back because they had to rip up the streets, support the foundations, Etc. So, but the point is, is that I went back over the, the Christmas break to kind of talk with some of the small businesses, and you know, when I would ask them about, are you using, how are you using Facebook or YouTube or Twitter? You know, most of them actually hardly use any. Instagram, you'd mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, in retrospect, I was actually surprised that almost all the small businesses that I talked to used Instagram for pictures, but they weren't actively using Facebook for their business. They certainly used it for their personal stuff, um, but uh, they weren't using it. And, you know, one of the things that I thought about is, is, you know, for YouTube, we, we talked earlier about it being such a search, but I think where we're at right now in, in time is, is that most people don't yet associate YouTube or Facebook with their televisions. So for the most part, you know, it's, it's a mobile phenomenon. And, but I think to the degree that we can start to over time train consumers that, Hey, you know, you have the ability to watch our live show on your television screen. And instead of watching, you know, your, our show on your phone, use your phone as, as kind of your notepad to do commenting back. And then it's a really interactive experience, but that's going to take, time and training the consumer to think, hey, you know, watch these shows live, you know, and I think we can easily take advantage of that because there's such a negative connotation for cable and satellite broadcasts now. And I mean, you, you'd mentioned in the comments that there were several people that had said that they hadn't watched television in months. Mm. And I think it was on the last show that you were talking about the majority of not majority, but the trend of people just simply canceling their cable or satellite bill and migrating towards Netflix and YouTube and online content. So we're just like in this really odd time where I think that to the degree that we can begin to train consumers to, Hey, this is easy, you know, through your Apple TV. Um, I brought that up earlier in terms of ways that, 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 consumers can watch live content. It isn't just your phone, but we need to, as ambassadors of video, begin to train consumers and businesses that, hey, you know, uh, use YouTube, create shows, use Facebook, create the shows, and regularly train your audience um, to be able to watch them in in their living rooms, not just on their mobile device. Yeah, so there's quite there's quite a bit of conversation. I, I want to acknowledge the audience that's that that is uh, commenting here. Mike Sheehan, thanks for joining us, buddy. Uh, Jay Garrett, appreciate you watching as well. Uh, Jay says he trusts Amazon and YouTube much more for purchase influence. Uh, he also says that the last two Instagram ads he clicked ended up being some kind of scam, or according to the dozens of comments, a warning for. Uh, you know, for other, there were some warnings for other buyers. Uh, Ursula brings up a really good point here. She said, over the holidays, I purchased almost all my gifts through Amazon because of Prime. I needed it within two days. That's what influenced my buying decision. Very, very interesting. So, well, so Ursula, the follow-up was, question for Ursula, though, is, is did she already know what she wanted? In other words, had she already done the research and Amazon then became, okay, I know what I want. So what's the fastest way that I can get what I'm already ready to buy? Yeah. 
No, that I mean, that's that's an interesting point. We'll throw that one out there for Ursula. Hopefully she's still watching to answer. Um, and Brian, you know, Brian brings up a really good point here, too. And so does Jenny Quinn. Uh, Jenny Quinn says most of my buying is personal recommendations from friends. So she trusts her friends. Um, but Brian says, how do you track influence of YouTube video that nobody purchases from? And my response initial response is to say that there's links, there's annotations, cards that you can put right in a video to allow someone to purchase the product directly. Um, but I don't think it's that nobody's buying from, right? Like there's ways to measure this kind of stuff if used properly. This goes back to a question or this goes back to a comment that I had made in, um, in a discussion I was having where most brands need to be set up across their funnel from top to bottom. If you are accepting leads here, you need to know how to get them through the, the funnel to buy. And so mm-hmm. you can't start that funnel somewhere and not have it finished, right? Or if there's a, a leaky funnel or if you have a sales funnel that just, you just don't have one. A lot of brands don't even have one. It's like, oh yeah, I, it's like putting a billboard up with no, with, with no call to action or with no way right. of actually knowing if that billboard is doing anything. And I, you know, I don't know if Brian agrees. I don't know if, if anyone else has that feeling as well, but if you aren't set up for it, we would actually, we could talk all day right here and it won't matter at all because if you don't have a way to capture anything that's coming through any of these locations, whether you're on Facebook live, whether you are on, uh, you know, YouTube, whether you're on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever you're broadcasting to or you are posting to, if there's no way to capture that lead and then deliver them what you need them to see so that they'll buy, this is a moot point, totally moot point. Ursula said, my 12 and 10 year old kids did the research. They sent me a list of links to Amazon. Where did they do their research? I assume YouTube. That's all they watch. My son said, will Amazon Prime help Santa get my gifts quicker and um that's <laughs> i don't have nice kids, but i'm assuming that's a cute comment <laughs> um <laughs> so some point right there is that value and and again i i pose the question back to brian um of how can you say you know how can you just say that well it's it works because i can track it through facebook or through twitter but it's not valuable because it's on YouTube because I can't click through or because you're not reading the description. What's really interesting. And again, this is uh, being newly engaged to a YouTuber and dating a YouTuber for about two years now, or a little, little under two years. I've learned that more people actually do read the descriptions than you would think. In fact, more people read the about section of a YouTuber that they like more than you think. Amy actually puts Easter eggs um, in different areas and the amount of people that respond to them is really, really interesting to watch. Again, this is not a YouTube love fest. This is just us kind of coming to the conclusion that YouTube influences a lot more decisions than I've even thought of. If this, well, if we that- had this conversation, Rob, if we had this conversation maybe six months ago and I didn't open, like I didn't realize that would have been like, Oh, Facebook influences all my decisions. All right. Well, so, so there's, but there's one point that I, that I want to touch on with, with what Brian had talked about, and that is, is how do you track it? You know, that's actually kind of an interesting afterthought question because YouTubers uh, kind of started the trend, or it, it was because of YouTube that people uh, decided to do product reviews, right? Independent people that, it ne- that didn't have anything necessarily to do with the manufacturer. So on their own, they decided to do product reviews. And their their compulsory reason for doing the videos was to be able to get viewership, not necessarily hawk products, right? So it's almost like brands in retrospect, if they could go back in 10 years, would have probably done themselves a better favor by saying, ah, you know, there's going to be people on YouTube that are going to review products, so we need to get in front of this. But they missed it. So now what's happened is, is that now you've got an abundance of reviews. Um, that many times compete against the uh, desires and wishes of the manufacturer, right? Because the manufacturer's product's getting beat up and there's no control of it by the brand. But the other thing is, is that the brands aren't necessarily 
getting engaged with social media. So they're they're putting together these cinematic epic short films and you know, they're cool, but they don't necessarily have the authenticity that you know, s- some fun personality on YouTube uh, has that has no filter and basically just you can tell has the the authenticity to say, "Hey, what? You know what? This product just sucks. So don't buy it." it's it's kind of hard for a brand to pull that off right it is it is it is uh i'm reading through some more comments here um michael d thomas first time i've seen him he says big props to rob hicks for keeping eye contact with the cam for us out here and others no could and should learn proper live stream engaging etiquette standards from a professional like you my guy cheers uh thanks in the mail thanks for the (laughs) nice comment about uh about rob i am uh reading comments so please keep those coming as well jenny quinn says interesting that youtube is all ursula's son watches Hmm. he's probably not watching his mom well but she said she said amazon too so i i guess if ursula's still watching so ursula do your kids also engage with twitch Uh, because obviously that's a an amazon owned product and it's really weird that the twitch that amazon hasn't done much with Twitch. Like you would think that there would be more cross pollination among the brands because they're co-owned. And I mean, other than us knowing from a factual standpoint that Amazon purchased Twitch, they're not they're not doing anything necessarily with it. I mean, they've really kind of let Twitch uh, go on its own. But there's no Amazon branding within Twitch. Um, and it, you know, it's funny because I was actually on. I hadn't been on Twitch in quite a while, but. Um, yeah, but but I, I got an alert saying that Ricky Prime was live last night, and I hadn't talked to him in forever. So I hopped into his his gameplay Twitch, and you know he and I kind of hung out for a bit. Um, so here's a here's a really good. He, so Ursula brings up a really fascinating point here, right? She said, "I said no," or she said no, and I'm assuming that was to me saying her kids don't watch her on Facebook Live uh, during her broadcast. She then said they. My kids just know that Amazon Prime gets us free videos and two-day shipments. So, kids just know, hey, I got to ask mom. I don't really care where it comes from. I already did the research on YouTube or wherever I saw it, Snapchat, Facebook, wherever, probably not Facebook because that's not where the kids are as your kids have um, proved. And they're just going to mom and saying, boom. So, it's kind of like down... Was it downstream or up upstream? It's going upstream, right? This this awareness with YouTube. Yep. Um, Jay Garrett says, my 20-year-old only consumes Reddit, Twitch, YouTube, and Netflix. My 16-year-old consumes YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, and Netflix. Um, interesting. And welcome to the show, Alfredo. Uh, Alfredo says, hey, getting Alfredo. Amazon and Twitch working together might take a while for cross-promoting. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. Uh, will be pretty powerful considering the community that's built around Twitch. But Rob, let's talk a little bit about those dynamics. So Jay's got a 16 year old and a 20 year old. Ursula's got um, teens herself or preteens, I guess 12 and 10 is preteen. So they are watching YouTube. YouTube is the one that's in there, but also Netflix, also Twitch, um, Instagram. (laughs) Still haven't heard Facebook for anyone under the age of like 21 yet. It, where does Facebook work into the brand discussion when it comes to influence? And by the way, welcome Marcus Podolchik and Avery Ratz from Israel. Hey Thank you guys for watching. Appreciate it. Um, where, where's Facebook right now in this overall uh, food chain when it comes to influence? Because we know right. that Facebook is like the big powerhouse in the room. Their ads platform is fantastic. When it comes to buying decisions, buying power, what's up with Facebook? Well, so maybe that explains why they put such an emphasis on personal personal videos. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this, or I've talked about this on several episodes. That it's just weird when you go to the Facebook Live map and you see traditional broadcasters, the mainstream media, CNN, and and all the local affiliates and network affiliates. And then you see personal streams. But what you don't see are kind of middle shows like the one that we're producing now or anything like that. So there's there, there's this void. Uh, so 
I guess the point is, is, you know, maybe Facebook understands that, hey, it just isn't even it just isn't there yet for, for being purposeful for brands. So maybe that's why they're focusing on trying to create a niche for personal branding or, you know, I don't know. I think um, something that is not often talked about and Avery actually, Avery's a Facebook ads guy. So I highly recommend following Avery. If you're interested in Facebook ads, he does a phenomenal job. He's also got a course, Avery, drop your course in here for those that are looking to understand more about Facebook ads. But it says that Facebook's audience insight insights claim that 20% of their active users are 18 to 24. So maybe that's true. Maybe that's the case. But I talked to, what's that? He said 20% of active users, this is Facebook's number or Facebook's data. They say that uh, 20% of their active users are 1824. I mean, I can, I can open up insights and take a look at those exact numbers, but I would right. still argue that it's, it's above 35, maybe even 40 at this point, the majority. I'd say between like 35 and 55, right. they'd have a big chunk there. Um, Jay Garrett. Well, so, so I, I guess in, in pulling this back, pulling, pulling this back to the, to the, the topic of platforms that, that are useful for brands, I think, you know, I haven't seen a lot of challenge to, uh, to what we've talked about. I mean, it really seems like it almost is like a, an audience validation that uh, between Amazon to deliver the products that you've decided on, YouTube and Instagram to be able to make your buying decision. And Facebook, I mean, it's, it's interesting that we haven't had any pushback from anybody in the audience that I've seen that says, oh, no, 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 we, I made a buying decision because of Facebook. Now, I mean, the closest I saw was Jenny Quinn saying that she got a lot of her buying decisions. She made a lot of her buying decisions because of her friends, but she didn't necessarily say whether they were geographically close friends or whether they were Facebook friends. Good point. Jenny Q, answer that question if you wish. Uh, Ursula says, my 12-year-old daughter only has Snapchat for social media. And let me tell you, she watches all the brand stories and is totally influenced by them. She told me about some ESPN story she saw the other day. Uh, Jay Garrett says, both of my boys say they have no idea as to why they would ever join Facebook. It is only a place where old people do stuff. Right. Well, that kind of validates what my son said. So... Again, the question is for those of you watching, Roberto Blake, thank you for joining us. Chris Velarde, thank you for joining us. Where are you getting influenced to purchase a product? Remember, influence is different than the actual point of purchase, right? Because I purchased something from Best Buy. I went to a physical location to purchase a camera that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Amy and I did a lot of research and a lot of watching YouTube videos to see this specific camera, the quality of the camera, real-time usage for the exact application that we had. So I wanted to see how other people were using it the way we wanted to use it. And that's how I made the decision. Well, so that's kind of a bummer and, and a disconnect, right? Because you'd mentioned earlier that in doing your buying decisions, you know, Roberto's videos influenced a, a bunch of your decision-making in terms of which one. But, you know, you one would suspect in a, in a typical sales process that that Roberto would have been ultimately the one that you buy it for. But obviously Roberto hasn't set himself up to be a, uh, a camera shop. Um, so Best Buy ultimately benefited by Roberto's and others, uh, but by, by Roberto's review, Best Buy got the benefit. So of course, and, and listen, but that's, that's nothing new, right? So like Jenny Q go, you know, Jennifer Quinn watching her show, a friend of hers goes and says, Hey Jenny, you need to buy this latest mug, Star Wars mug, whatever. She goes and buys it, TJ Maxx. Well, her friend's not going to get the credit for that. I mean, it doesn't really matter. So I think, I think there's that natural, uh, I don't want to say progression, but that there's that natural uh, way of, of doing things. So like Roberto, yeah, maybe he's not. But if Roberto starts pushing a lot of people to these things, maybe Roberto gets a deal with b and photo and then I'm like oh I'm gonna go use Roberto's code for b and photo 
But that's the problem is, is that Roberto doesn't, but to my knowledge, there isn't a way, I mean, other than, other than the admission that you said, I watched Roberto's Blake's and others and then chose, and then chose to go to Best Buy to buy it. Well, I'm assuming that you went to Best Buy because it, it was, you want it now and Amazon couldn't deliver it any faster. They probably could have delivered it cheaper, but they may not have been able to deliver it, you know, within 30 minutes. I actually had it in the cart in Amazon. I checked out. It was going to come in two days. I checked Amazon to see if the local store here in Columbus had it. They did. They had it on the same day. I canceled my Amazon order and went to Best Buy. That was the whole progression of that purchase. Right. But but like I said, that's a bummer that it's only because you, because you as the as the purchaser admitted that, that – how you came to that conclusion, but like, like I said, it's, oh, the, the, it's a bummer that, that we ha- the bummer. And I, and I guess maybe the challenge is, is how, how do, how do we rope that in so where there's more credit so that Roberto and people like him on YouTube are, can, can better say, Hey, it's because I said this, that the best buy resulted in selling, uh, this particular brand and camera. And to the degree, I think the brands can figure that out quickly. Uh, the better off they are. But the, like I said, the dilemma that a Roberto is going to have is, is how is he going to be able to show brands, hey, because of these reviews that I'm doing, I'm delivering th- these types of sales results. There's no possible way, in my knowledge, that he would be able to track his reviews to what the sales what the sales outcome is. So not actual sales, but uh, here's a way of doing it, right, is, is setting up, again, setting up some sort of landing page, having a link to that page where people can learn more about that specific camera or a gear page. Like I have a gear page with all Amazon affiliate links, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that that helps me personally uh, make a little bit of extra money on the side, but it also helps individuals who are always asking me, what camera are you using? What microphone are you using? What this right. you're using, that you're using? I put it up on my gear page and it allows people to check it out. If they click on buy, you know, I get a, I get three percent of whatever the profit is you know it's nothing major but it's, it's a little something right? right now if i want to i can go ahead and track all of those clicks with google analytics and say hey don't look you know 10 people clicked on buy on my website from my video i mean you can do it i don't know how accurate that will be and of course that also won't track those that went and bought it in a store that won't track those that went and researched it separate from my video, didn't click my links, but you know, it's one way of doing it. And I'd love to hear how some others are, are checking it out. Um, well, so, so, so let's, let, let's ask this. Hopefully Ursula is still yeah. in here because we've been talking about tangible consumer products, uh, which I guess is timely because of CES, right? But mm-hmm. for a huge amount of fortune 500 companies, they don't necessarily sell consumer. They don't sell and manufacture consumer electronics. Ursula's, Ursula works for SAP. They sell software. So how does that fit in? You know, I mean, if, if you're a major software company, what's the, what's the best way to convince businesses to, to, to purchase their uh, hybrid software or other types of software? I mean, I, I think that's really where the SAPs of the world are looking for relevance in live video is, is, Camera sales are probably a real easy one to understand, but when it comes to th- things that are more complex and intangible, like software or training uh, courses or whatever, h- how do you draw relevance in social media for companies like that? I mean, it's a rhetorical question, yeah. but no, th- no, that's, that's a the great challenge. question. Um, Avery Rat says that. Uh, this has been an issue forever for big consumer brands. How does anyone track how well Febreze or Tide sells from a commercial? Target isn't asking people which commercial they watch. You, you know, 100% agree with you on that. Absolutely. So it's the same thing with outdoor advertising, like billboards. Same thing with television commercials. I mean, those are two of the non, and I, I'm using TV as a non-digital form. Let's just say it's not social, right? Um so it's, it's a very good question. Uh, let's see. Roberto says YouTube, Facebook, and email get me to Amazon and B&H photo. He also says he has a, he has a kit and he has links in his YouTube videos for Amazon, B&H photo, et cetera. Drop them in the chat. Right about losing out on If local can work with influencers, it would be a win-win. Right. Um, let's see. 
Well, so uh, I, I said, guess yes. it, no, 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 I want to hear what Ursula said. Go ahead and say it. So Ursula said, how do you track your awareness efforts to pipeline when a third party sells your software? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, one of the things that Ursula and I have talked about is, you know, the storytelling aspect of it. I mean, I, I think before I met Ursula, I had always, as a small business owner, assumed that SAP products were way beyond my needs, you know, that, that in order to be able to kind of start with an SAP platform of any sort, you know, I would be looking at a fifty to $100,000 purchase, which was something that was out of consideration. But it's only through working with Ursula and, and her team that I realized that, you know what, they actually do have products and services that are geared towards small business. I, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that we've seen is uh, tying you and Roberto back together is, is that, you know, you and Roberto are similar in what you do for your jobs, right? You're both in video. So it makes sense that you would choose, choose a friend to, you know, because you trust, you have the no like, and trust factor with Roberto. So you're, you're already kind of have the, um, your shield down with respect to honoring his opinion. You don't feel like you're getting conned when Roberto is saying something because you know him, you've spent time with him and you know that, and he's, and you know that he's to be trusted on certain things. So those certain things for you would be technology, cameras, and things like that. But you may not necessarily trust Roberta's opinion on, I don't know, heart disease. Very true. Maybe, maybe Roberta knows more about heart disease than, than, I'm, you know, than I'm letting him know about. But the point is, is, is because you and Roberto or it's going to get loud, but uh, we're already in similar circles that was that kind of accommodated your buy decision. So for software, I think one of the better ways to sell it, if if you're a software company and you're looking to sell a small business software product, I would suspect that the best way to sell it is through example. And it's to highlight the small business owners that are using your product and showcasing them saying, okay, you know, what did you have before? What do you use? You know, what product are you using now? And how did that benefit you? And rinse and repeat that story over and over and over and over and over again and build community off of it. You know, I mean, it, uh, these are all and, solid, these are solid questions. I want to get to a couple of comments and then um, and then close out the show. But Allison, a uh, friend of mine over at Zoom, thanks for watching, Allison. She says YouTube is her favorite or is her go to for reviews, although other channels such as Instagram might influence me to do outside research. I noticed that I don't go looking for product suggestions on Instagram, but am influenced when friends or family members post about something they like. I'm not actively looking for reviews like I would on YouTube, but social media certainly has an aspect. So that brings me into this question, which is perfect, 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 and why I saved uh, this comment for last, because there is the age-old question, age-old meaning, you know, a couple years, a couple months, a couple days, Intentional versus disruptive. This is something Amy and I talk about constantly. This is something that we deal with our customers all the time as well. Is it more important or is it more valuable to your brand to be intentional or disruptive? And so live video has become very disruptive, hyper disruptive, right? Oh my God, I someone went live. I need to go watch it. Oh my God, this brand is going to you know, choke a watermelon out with elastic bands. I need to go watch that. If you don't know what I'm referring to, it's the Buzzfeed video that is the viral sensation, but you, you know, it was a live video. So are we striving for intention or are we striving for disruption? And I think, and again, in the context of this discussion, not in the context of disrupting industries, I'm talking about disrupting someone's newsfeed, right? Am I on my phone scrolling through Facebook saying, oh, look at that video. I stumbled across it because Facebook decided they were going to show me that. Or would I rather someone pulls out the phone and searches for Roberto Blake's camera kit or whatever, Sony A7S II, search for it, find it on YouTube and say, oh, there it is. Like that video was made specifically because I searched for it. And so that's the that's the discussion we're, we're looking at right now, right? Social platforms. Well, my, here's my thought. Social platforms are great at disrupting and getting in front of you when you're not expecting it. 
but right. it's also just that you're not always expecting it. That's why that's this is truly why Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of these social platforms need to sell ads because there's really no other way for them to serve you exactly what you want to see without that ads platform. I'm a true believer in that. So you need to be invested fully in paid social if you want that to work. There's an, there's an entirely different reason that YouTube and Google are paying creators because they know people are searching for it. It's inbound. It's coming at them. People are using it to say, I want to see a video about X, Y, Z. Uh, Jenny Quinn says, why choose? Can a brand accomplish both? Of course. I think both should be in your marketing mix. I agree. The show right here is a uh, disruptive show. It's popping up. You guys are choosing to see it because it's maybe a topic that interests you. But if this topic didn't interest you, there would be nobody here or there would be none of you here. Uh, now, if, if you were searching for this in YouTube, the likelihood of you watching it to its entirety is way better than you watching it to its entirety here on Facebook. And, and that's, that is the question. That is a great question, Jenny. How do we combine both for our marketing efforts? You know, how do we combine both of these things to say, hey, we are influencing people to buy our product, to buy our service, to buy whatever it is? Um, well, so, but you almost, you almost need to have, to, to your point, you almost need to have both, right? You need to be intentional because you need to be able to show consistency and build awareness that you even are doing video, right? So by doing things regularly, you, you then accommodate the consumers because there's an expectation that you have it and that it exists. Right. And, and I think- And, and that's, by, ex exactly, that's exactly the point. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's by doing intentional content that, that you've got a better shot at being able to get more value out of disruptive content. Because if people don't know that you exist, you know, you always have that one, one hit wonder, uh, you know, Charlie bit my finger and then it's done, yep. you know? <clears throat> so this so, is, this is a good discussion today. I think that's a, I think that's a great point to kind of close off here is on this intentional versus disruptive. So for those of you watching the show and that have tuned in for the length of the show, I thank you. And I thank you for taking time out of your day where yes, maybe thank you. this was disruptive for you and it popped up on your newsfeed and, and you stayed through till the end. Much appreciated. And for those of you that searched us out or that know about us and subscribe, I thank you as well. Um, but I want you to think on this question because we're going to leave it and we will come back to it. I think next week when we have the show next week, which by the way, we are every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Are you striving for intention or disruption? And there's no wrong answer. But if you know the answer to that question and what your goals and strategies are, it'll better it'll help you better to find the platforms that will influence your audience. Are your is your audience searching for you or are they just showing up? Okay. So retention numbers are very, very important. And I think retention is is a you know is a very key, key indicator. And again, being with a YouTuber in my life now I'm looking right. at these retention numbers and you know if someone's getting 50% retention that's a, that's like that's crazy that's a great number yep. but think about it in a disruptive sense if someone's watching only 50% of this video they may lose um, I guess they may lose uh, a lot of what we're talking about here and, and that's a great great point Rob intention leads disruption if we're here consistently every week intentionally Right. And eventually you subscribe, which now that becomes an intentional view, you could say that it leads to some disruption that might lead to intention. So it all it all ties in. You never know. Right. I mean, listen. Well, that's yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah. you know, this show is what, episode four? Four. Um, brand new. Yeah. And, we're, and we didn't you know, that's the thing is, is that's the beauty of, of live to us is it is a learning process. I think the cool thing from an audience perspective is, is that it's a built in expectation that you don't have to be perfect on, on live video, particularly YouTube videos. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel like, like, like I'm Mariah Carey getting ready to perform <laughs> <laughs> and then everything goes wrong because you know what, if, if what happened to Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey happened on your, my show in, in a similar context, there wouldn't be the, 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 
the outburst or whatever, because, you know, there's an expectation for Mariah Carey to nail it right. And, and, you know, she's paid millions of dollars and this network has, you know, paid her all this. They should have got it right. And then they didn't. Well, you know, I I think we, we get much more of a leash in terms of failing because everybody knows that we're trying new things today. We're trying 1080p on YouTube and 720 on Facebook. So there's, there's that risk that, you know, that, that I technically do something wrong and crash the system. Well, you know, as of right now, it didn't happen, but that to me, I think is, is one of the cool things about live and we're doing this intentionally as soon as I finish the broadcast, I'll take you right now. Um, so you and I are doing the show intentionally every single week and we, and, and because we're doing it every week, we've got a better shot at being disruptive through that course. Absolutely. It is a great, great question. I want you all to think about it. Thank you, uh, Avery, Allison, Rob, Haley, Jennifer Quinn, uh, uh, Roberto Blake, Ursula Ringham, Marcus Podolchik, Brian Fanzo, uh, Amy Schmidauer, Matt Crane, Nick Rishwain, Sunday, hey, Nick. Dr. Finch, Tara, Alexander, KP Kelly, Sam Gonzalez, Jason Yarborough, uh, Nazim Beltran, Patricia Summer, Jay Garrett, Mike Sheehan. Uh, thank you for watching the show today and for being here live and, and interacting with us. And, you know, really this yeah, show is an much. interactive show. And for those of you that missed it and want to watch it again, go ahead and watch it here on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, but this is also going to be on the podcast, the Brand Boost podcast. So you can listen to it there, whether you're driving into work or whether you're sitting in your office. Uh, if you can't bring the video up, be sure to listen to it there, brandboostcast.com. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Always. Everyone, always. thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you. We will you, see you all next Wednesday right. at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, this is Brand Matters Live, Episode 4 with Vincenzo Landino and Rob Hicks. Have yourself an amazing rest of the week. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.